0: SAFM Sports Rack.
1: Good evening to you and welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. I'm Brad Brown. It's awesome to have you with us. And thanks to the MoneyWeb team. They're back on your radio again tomorrow. Coming up on tonight's show, we'll chat to former Protea captain Graham Smith. We'll also touch base with Tank Lanning to look uh, at this coming weekend's uh, Castle Lager Rugby Championship test between the, the Springboks and the All Blacks. And we'll also chat to uh, South African hockey goalkeeper Russi Petersen. Uh, with some of the news that broke today But speaking of the news, let's start with that Bafana Bafana have jetted off to Wagadougou Where they'll continue their preparation Ahead of this weekend's 2018 World Cup qualifiers Against Burkina Faso Head coach Sheikh Mashaba says they've done their homework And a confidence, despite a strong opposition
2: We've got our analyst who is sitting and looking We collected a couple of few games How they play They are a good side they good. They're not going to be a pushover It's going to be a tough game, and that is why I'm saying it's going to be crucial for us to pep our players up, make them aware what we expect, where we're going to.
1: Bufana Bafana crashed out of the 2017 AFCON qualifiers recently, and the coach hopes the team has put the disappointment out of their minds.
2: When we talk about the mental side of the players, it goes further than that. You need to have what you call a mental competitive ability. You know... After not doing well, how do you uplift yourself? It's going to be a question of how do the players take it themselves and understand you are now at another level. Most of the players have been here in the team for a long time, which is another problem that we need to deal with. Bury the headset. let's move forward and look at how are we going to do it in the next coming games.
1: In domestic football news, this weekend's Multi-Choice Disky Challenge Festival will be hosted at the Kanyamazane Stadium in Pumalanga. That takes place on Saturday and Sunday. Internationally, Cameroon legend Rigobert Song has woken up from a coma and he's been flown to France for further treatment. The former captain of Cameroon was rushed to hospital on Sunday after suffering a cerebral attack. FIFA president Gianni Infantino has also proposed the expanding World Cup finals to 48 teams. On to rugby now, Springbok flank, Francois Lowe believes that the Box can take a lot out of their win against Australia when they clash with the mighty All Blacks this coming weekend. New Zealand extended their unbeaten run to 16 at the weekend, but Lowe believes the Box learned some valuable lessons in the Australian clash and their loss against New Zealand early on in the competition. You know, that that last game against the All Blacks was was a tough one. You know, we hung in there pretty much for 50, 60 minutes. and sort of let go, let slip of the game towards the end. Um, we've obviously reviewed that, uh, really reviewed what we've done over the, the whole championship. Really, um, you know, I think I think this past weekend's game, we definitely found a bit of stride. Um, still not the perfect match for us. Lowe says the team has identified where they need to improve if they are to beat the world champions. Our most lacking factor has really been the consistency in that. Um, You know, in test match rugby, with the margins that are so small, you need to be consistent uh, and execute effectively for the full 80, um, which is no secret, really. Um, It's something we haven't done. I think uh, this weekend was a massive improvement, uh, and especially going into Saturday's game against the All Blacks, it's going to require another massive step up. In other rugby news, Sharks prop Thomas de Toye has signed a three-month contract with Irish club Munster and Brent Janser van Rensburg has announced his resignation as head coach of the Borland Cavaliers. In other international rugby news, Argentina have officially announced its bid to host the 2027 Rugby World Cup. On to cricket now. And Riley Rousseau says the Proteas are planning on being ruthless in the third ODI that takes place in Durban tomorrow. Rousseau says the goal is to wrap up the five-match series at Kingsmead.
3: Uh, the guys had two serious performances in a row, the team,
1: and uh, tomorrow, like, well, we're ready for the third day, for the third game, and we want to wrap it up. Because, I mean, Australia's the best team in the world. If you give them a sniff, they're
3: going to come back out. So we want to finish the series off tomorrow and uh, have a clean slate for the next four and five games.
1: The Pro tiers, uh put in a fantastic performance in the opening two matches where the batters really cashed in. But Rousseau says the deck will be very different tomorrow.
3: It's going to change a lot, I think, uh, because I felt bat on ball, it gives you runs. Yeah, it's, it's a different scenario. It's, I mean, stats-wise... It's it's not a, it's not a, a lot of boundaries yet, and, and you've got to work hard for your runs. It's I think it's the worst uh, maybe in the country is the last ten overs. So you need to, you need to score your runs up earlier. So all of those stats we, we take into consideration in our game
1: plans going into into tomorrow. There's some great news on the South African hockey front. The International Hockey Federation's confirmed that the Hockey World League Men's and Women's Semi-Finals, uh, which will take place in July 2017, will be played at the Randberg Astro in Johannesburg. In motorsport news, Formula One champions Mercedes have taken up an option to be one of the two new teams in Formula E for the 2018-19 seasons. On to tennis now. Maria Sharapova's two-year doping ban reduced to 15 months, that by the Court of Arbitration for Sport. Staying with tennis, Kevin Anderson crashed out of the Japan Open in the first round. He went down 6-3, love 6-4-6 and four, six to Yuri Vesili. Second seed, Gail off Yuchi Sugita, 6-3-6-1 to progress to the second round. Meanwhile, at the China Open, top seed Andy Murray reached the second round with a 6-2-7-5 victory over Andreas Seppi. Second seed, Rafael Nadal, eased past Paolo Lorenzi, 6-1-6-1 6-1, to book his place in the second round. Full seed, Dominic Tiem wasn't as lucky. He went down 4 6 6-1 and 6-3 in the first round to Alexander Zverev. Third seed, Milos Raonic, is also through. He downed Florian Mayer in straight sets. And finally in swimming, Chad Leclerc clocked to 1 minute 49.71 to win gold in the 200-meter butterfly at the FINA World Cup in Dubai. His compatriot Marco Smith, finished fifth. Roland Skuman and Brad Tandy finished fourth and fifth respectively in the 50-meter men's breaststroke and uh, Miles Brown claimed silver in the 400 meter freestyle behind Australia's Bobby Hurdy. Coming up next here on S A F M Sport Wrap, we'll chat to former Protea captain Graham Smith. S A F M
0: Sports Wrap.
1: This is South Africa's news and information leader, and uh, the protest, smack bang in the middle of uh, a pretty important one-day international series against Australia. The opportunity to wrap things up tomorrow. But uh, it was announced yesterday that uh, Cricket South Africa have added four additional fixtures to their already jam-packed season. And they set to take on the KFC Mini Cricket Kids in four installments of... Uh, the kids versus the Proteas Tour. I think it's a fabulous initiative, and we join now by former Protea captain Graham Smith. Graham, welcome on to SAFM this evening. How awesome is this? I mean, we, we've all played cricket as kids. Uh, a lot of the Proteas setup now came through uh, this junior development program. The KFC Mini Cricket was under a different guise many years ago, but uh, it's it's just it's a great opportunity for for some youngsters to really rub shoulders with their heroes.
3: Yeah, Brad. I mean, it's such a unique opportunity. I mean, uh, if I think back to my young years, it was called Baker's Mini Cricket, but now it's uh, KFC, uh, Mini Cricket Program, and having been involved with, uh, in it over the last two years and seen the, the kids' faces and, and what they're exposed to and the growth that they're having. Um, it is incredible to be a part of so uh, long may it continue
1: It's such an important uh, part of South African cricket Graham. as you said you played it, I played it as a kid uh, and, and I remember being exposed funnily enough to, to Alan Donald as a kid uh, and, 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 and just what, what an impact that left on me, I, I, I never got to play at at any top level but it was something I'll never ever forget and for a lot of these kids that's exactly the case but it, it could be a case of inspiring another pro tier. I mean you, you look at somebody like Quinton who's burst onto the scene as a youngster who knows 10-15 years from now these kids could be playing in the national team
3: yeah well Brad I do feel for you I faced Ellen as an 18 year old and <laughs> that was in itself so the schoolwork, I can imagine but you know I, look obviously I think it's just about you know for some of these kids that are coming from disadvantaged areas in particular just to know that their dreams are touchable and that they're out there I think is a is a unique experience and for KFC and Cricket South Africa to provide that experience and that opportunity for them I think it's incredible you know and to having. Be able to play a small part as a as a cricketer, or as a sportsman, or someone that's, that's retired from a game that gave them so much. I mean, that's, that's incredible. And I've, as I say, I've coached the Saldana team uh, in Cape Town the last few years, and, and seeing these kids come from a small town and being able to play against their heroes and, and interact at the level that they do, and, and seeing their faces when they walk away. I mean, you can only imagine uh, the opportunities of they get in that bus to go home to their small town with the, what they think of and dream of.
1: Yeah, they'll probably talk about it for weeks and months afterwards. But I'm also glad to see that uh, the, the protest ladies are involved as well because there are lots of little girls who play KFC Mini Cricket too. And, and, and I think that's also a great opportunity for them to meet some of their heroines. Yeah, I mean,
3: right throughout my career, one of the things you think about is is growing the game. You you, you want to see the game of cricket grow and and go from strength to strength and see the women, the kids playing on the streets, uh, getting involved in the game. and That's part of the journey and the the job that you have uh, and the responsibility as a professional sportsman. So, yeah, I agree with you. It's wonderful to see them involved. It's wonderful to see Cricket South Africa and and KFC invest in the game, in the women's game. And, um, you know... It can only encourage them and, and, and future generations to come.
1: Graham, you, you're involved not just behind the scenes, but you're going to be coaching uh, along with uh, former teammate Neil McKenzie and faneco and Gum as well. Uh, does your competitiveness come out with those youngsters? Do you want them to beat the pros Well, I
3: mean, we I, I, we have an unbeaten record, yeah, <laughs> in Cape under my uh, under my coaching, uh, Brad. So we we hopefully want to keep that up, but. No, I mean, look, uh, you know, it's, it's innate in you as a professional sportsman to have a competitive edge. But the most important thing is that those kids have a have an nice outing and an experience that will last with them. Uh, and, and you know, what would be even more wonderful is you see one of these kids representing their country one day. I mean, how incredible would that be to know that uh, you know just that small experience made a big impact in our lives? And I can think of myself as a youngster growing up and you talk about facing Alan Donald or interacting with him you know, we've all had those interactions that uh, have lasted with us so you know, hopefully for these kids, that, that is the most important thing.
1: Well, it's all coming up in the upcoming summer, December 2016, February 2017. Graham, though, at hand at the moment, the Aussies in town. Uh, for the first two ODIs completed. The Proteas with uh, two very dominant performances. The third one tomorrow at Kingsmead. Are, are you surprised at, at uh, the, the the dominance that the Proteas have had? It's, uh, the Aussies come here as number one in the world, but their bowling attack has been very average.
3: Yeah, I mean, up front before the series, I thought that, uh, you know, the only thing that would hold the Proteas back would be confidence, you know, with confidence within their ability to to perform. They've had a tough year, year and a half. So, you know, they can take a toll. And I always thought if they could start well and get on the front foot, the Aussies lack experience on their bowling front. And, uh, you know, that we could take advantage of them. That's exactly what happened. I think the guys put in a dominant performance. Um, it's great to see the likes of Robada and Dale staying bold with such intent and, and aggression. And, and really just set a standard that everyone can follow, you know. And these sort of series, is it's really about getting on the front foot. Australia must be asking themselves a lot of questions. They don't have a lot to fall back on in terms of experience, especially in the bowling front. And and the way it works is that if you're lacking in one department, the pressure shifts. So, you know, not having the bowling strength, the pressure shifts onto their batsmen, and their batsmen have been found wanting because of it. So. You know, hopefully it will continue, and that the guys will really put in a, a really dominant performance. And hopefully, you know, this, this wish for a whitewash, but I, you know, that's a, that's the South African in me talking. But I think just a, a series win and seeing the guys start their summer on, on a good note, I think, is is, is great.
1: Now, Graham, I, I don't want to. Uh, I can remind you, I think the last time we went 2 0 up in a series at home against the Aussies, uh, it ended up 2 all at the Wanderers, 4 8. <laughs> so let's hope it doesn't come down to that. Let's hope we can wrap it up before the final game in the series. But uh, who's really impressed you? I mean, you, you mentioned uh, uh, well, Kahisa Rabada and Dale State up front, but uh, Andile on, on the weekend was, was pretty impressive too. Riley Rousseau up front, uh, given an opportunity. Some say he's lucky that he got selected because yeah. of Hashim. His illness, but he's really not yeah, I mean, That, isn't that, that he?
3: did surprise me. I mean, uh, in terms of protocol and the way the team is run, Hashim should have walked straight back into that team. I mean, especially when you average what he does, uh, you know, it's the type of player that I'm amazed the selectors made that decision. But, you know, Riley and all the guys have contributed incredibly well. Um, and that's what you want. You know, you want a squad of players that can all contribute and you can pick on conditions, you can pick on tactics. Um, but, you know, a, tomorrow's a, a big game. I mean, the game in Durban is a big game. You know, it's a ground that South Africa generally don't adapt well to. Um, and, uh, hopefully the guys will go there and put in a performance. I, you know, I think that we have found ability to adapt to the conditions. We've got the spin options of play here. You know, we've got much more varied bowling attack. But I think that the key thing has been the, you know, our top three. You know, the clock and, and Duplessis have, have done well, given the team a great start, which is taking all the pressure off the rest of the guys and be able to play their natural game and in big series your experienced players need to do that um, and that just allows everyone just to to find their feet and, and play the ball in front of them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And to think that, uh, Aby de Villiers isn't even there. So we've looked pretty good on the bat, uh, with the bat and, uh, we've still got him to come back after, after that surgery. So, uh, I think it does bode well, particularly with the upcoming tour where we do head down under. I think, uh, it's, uh, I think we're in for a, for a good summer. Things looking very good. Graham Smith, as always, great to catch up. Thanks for, for joining us tonight and we look forward to, to seeing if you continue your unbeaten run with those youngsters. <laughs>
3: Well, ben, I look forward to hopefully seeing you at the ground and come watch a winning team play. <laughs>
1: <laughs> awesome. Thanks for your
3: time, Greg. Cheers, mate. <laughs> okay, mate. Thanks a lot. Cheers, Tom. This is Sport
0: on SAFM, every supporter's greatest resource.
1: You're listening to South Africa's news and information leader And uh, a big announcement made today And I think it's a very good one for South African hockey It's not the first time that it's been held on South African soil But it is returning in July 2017 The International Hockey Federation confirmed That Hockey World League Men's and Women's Semi-Finals Will be played in Randburg at the Randburg Astro A couple of years ago it was held at Hartley Vale down in the Western Cape In Cape Town We're joined now by Russi Peters So welcome on to SAFF Trent, once again. Nice to catch up. It's good news. Nice to be able to host a, a sort of event of this calibre on the, the on the World Hockey calendar.
4: Yeah, it was nice to see the announcement today. I mean ESO Hockey is doing some great work. It's uh, quite nice momentum after especially this Premier Hockey League to see another big tournament coming to South Africa Hockey. So, so it's ex- all exciting and uh, it's a big year for hockey next year. I mean it's World Cup qualifiers, it's World League it's uh, the Premier Hockey League happening, so it's excellent.
1: And, and it's nice, I'm just thinking from a South African perspective, it's nice for, for, for the national teams to play on home soil because playing in front of a home crowd, I mean, we know how, how sort of vocal and, and, and supportive the crowd in Hartleyville can be, but Randberg's just as impressive, and it's nice to be able to play on home soil in front of a home crowd.
4: Yeah, it makes a huge difference. I mean, has always got good crowds. Uh, you know, I always said Randwick Stadium, is, is quite a unique stadium. If you look at stadiums around the world, hockey, there's not a lot of stadiums that's got such a big grass, bankment for for picnics and um, and such a nice big lap. It's, it's just a great atmosphere always in Randwick. So we we're stoked that we're having it in, in South Africa and in Joburg.
1: It, it gets it gets quite festive there too. Altitude, th- will that make uh, a bit of a difference playing playing up in Joburg as opposed to to playing at sea level or playing somewhere else possibly not at at altitude, Rossi?
4: I think I think you know. Of course, we will always have our training camps, you know, in Johannesburg if the tournament is about altitude. So, so I mean, the guys coming from the coast—they will climatize. You know, it takes a couple of days you get used to it. So, I think I think it will definitely play into our favour, to be honest.
1: As far as is it still too early to know who will be coming and, and, and playing? Is is, is, is is are those details or have those details been decided? Or will that only be decided closer to the tournament?
4: I think it'll be close to the tournament. I think uh, now just the three countries has been announced who's going to have the World leagues. So I think uh, England is also having a World League and then, then Johannesburg is having the other league. So we haven't seen the pools or the drafts yet.
1: All right, so still, still some way to go till we know who who will be playing. As far as sort of getting out and, and, and having it here, the, the travel factor, having the teams come here as opposed to you having to go somewhere else for another tournament, does it does it make that big a difference? Is is there a massive home ground advantage?
4: Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, like I just said, you know, playing at home, you're training at home, you're getting used to the you know, to the environment. I mean, having a home crowd. You know, that, that makes a huge difference. Also, you know, we, we don't always have huge budgets, uh, when it comes to staff to travel overseas. You know, you can't always take, take all your support staff with. So, you know, you're guaranteed almost like everybody will be here and you have all the needs you need for, for, to do well in the tournament.
1: Russie, for you personally, what's next on the cards for you after the, the, the Premier League's wrapped up? Are you, are you training at the moment? Uh, what, what's, what's on the immediate horizon for, for you?
4: Well, firstly, yeah, I've got a bit of a niggle. I picked up a bit of a hamstring injury in the PHL, but I just uh, basically forced myself through the tournament, but luckily it all worked out fine. So I'm just doing a bit of rehab for the next five or six weeks. And then we've got a national training camp in December. So I'm sure there'll be a big squad what the coaches will, will check out and see, you know, who's flipped and, you know, how the boys have, you know, adapted after the PHL. I'm sure they've also seen a lot of new players coming through at the PHL, so I'm sure we'll see some new names getting invited to the national camp. So national camp in, in December, and then from January, our, our program will start flat out. I believe there's rumours that Holland is maybe coming out in January. So I think you'll see a couple of test matches in January.
1: Oh, that sounds fantastic. And, uh, yeah, I think it's uh, good news following the, the Premier League and more competitions, obviously going to lift standards, and uh, I think it's just uh, good for everyone all around. Russi, thank you so much for your time once again here on SAFN's Wallstrap. Much appreciated, and uh, we look forward to catching up again soon.
2: Thanks for the call. Accountability and transparency through citizen participation is one of Haodeng's key priorities in ensuring effective and efficient service delivery. On the 11th of October, the Haodeng provincial government, in partnership with KPMG, Deloitte, and Ernst & Young, will host the Open Tender Seminar at Gallagher Convention Center. The seminar will showcase the innovative open tender system, its ability to ensure good governance in procurement processes and fight fraud and corruption in the public sector. Register for free on opentenderseminar.org.za. This message is brought to you by the Houding Provincial Government. Together moving Haodeng city region forward looking for a place with the best food in South Africa then look no further than biting
1: about as they do all the searching for you biting about only on SABC 3 Tuesdays at 830 we <laughs> This Sunday, St. George's
2: Park in Port Elizabeth will witness the fourth ODI clash between the Proteas and the Aussies. SABC Sport gives you, the number one fan of the Proteas, a chance to win yourself an SABC Sports Hamper. Tickets to the match for you and four of your friends and an opportunity to meet the Proteas. To stand a chance to win,
1: SMS SABC
2: Sport in your area to 33123. Free SMSs do not apply. apply. Catch it on Sunday, the 9th of October at 9.30 in the morning. Find it live on SABC 3 and on Radio 2000. Brought to you by SABC.
0: This is Sport on SAFM, every supporter's greatest resource.
1: You're listening to S A F M Sports Wrap. Big rugby to look forward to this weekend. The mighty All Blacks are in the country, and the box have got a mountain to climb with previous performances uh, in this Castle Laga Rugby Championship. But anything to go by, they did come off a win this past weekend over the Wallabies. But uh, let's be honest, the Wallabies haven't been at their best this season either. We join now by rugby analyst Tank Lanning. Tank, welcome onto S A F M Sports Wrap this evening. Uh, Tea. It doesn't there's, There aren't many Sporting rivalries Bigger than the box And All Blacks And uh, this one's Going to be a, a biggie On the weekend Isn't it
0: Yeah I must say It is without doubt My favourite fixture Of the year All Blacks at home um, Yeah and as you say Martin to come For the box Shame I mean they Have really had it Coming from all sides And uh, yeah, even when you win People are saying Well we are the tribe So yeah Shame am has to feel For, say, I have to feel for, the, for the team But I'm um, on some sort of path, some sort of trajectory, whether it be up or down, one's one, one, yet to know. Uh, but yeah, without the, uh, a classic fixture and then one of the, you know, really, I think the box might, might struggle though.
1: Tank, in saying that, I mean, this clash, the all-black spring box, I mean, we we've had Probably countless conversations, maybe not you and I, but as South African rugby fans over the years, with a box coming into an All Black test where we possibly haven't been at our best, but we always find another gear when we when we take on the All Blacks. There's just something uh, about putting on the green and gold, knowing that you're going to be standing across a haka and you're going to be playing against this team that are, are are so formidable. We do tend to lift our game. Do you think? Do you think we, we do stand a chance this weekend, or are we going to get steamrolled once again?
0: Um, yeah, I don't know about Steamworld. Um I think we'll probably get down, but I, but you're 100 percent correct. I mean, I every mean, I mean every Springbok you speak to, I every mean Springbok coach you speak to, it. It just speaks of this incredible vibe in the build-up to an All black test. I think, yeah, worryingly um, and, and perhaps concerningly, is the amount of commentary coming out of out of New Zealand talking about how the year has been perhaps lost. Uh, um, you know, perhaps the Springbok, however, he's not as because as it used to be, for whatever reason. You know, obviously people are pointing fingers at various things that are going on in the country, and that for me is a concern, uh, and I, I presume it must be a concern for SRAB as well, because, you know, this, as you've said perfectly, this rivalry is unbelievable, and we need it to continue. You know, we talk about moving out of Super Rugby, but for me, you know, we want to play against the best all the time. So, you know, if we want to play against Northern Sides in, in, a, in a club competition, that's fine, but let's not lose our rivalry to all blacks and for a couple of reasons, but primarily because they're the best in the world and they're showing the rest of us how to play this game. Lose touch with that and I just think we lose touch with everything. Mm.
1: And, and let's be honest, if you want to get better, you've got to play against the best. So that, I think, is, is a good enough reason to stay playing uh, rugby championship. But let, let's talk about some of the positives out of this past weekend. Obviously, going into the match and you look at selection, we knew it was going to be uh, a battle of the boots and, and Francois Steyn proved his worth once again. But I think a lot can be said for, for our breakdown work, particularly someone like Francois Lowe. Adrian Strauss had probably his best game for, for a long, long time. And, and at the break Breakdown. We were particularly good.
0: Yeah, I agree, uh, and, and by some stretch, uh, by, by my reckoning, so we won the ten over stack, 10 six yeah with, with those two guys flying and Adrian dominating. Uh, and thankfully, to be honest, because <laughs> you, you look at all the other stats, you know they dominated every the Australian that is they dominated every single attack that. Now, of course, it's the uh, it's the one that counts, is the one on the scoreboard um, that matters most. Um, but were it not for the filtering uh, and were it not for stopping that continuity, we, we could have been in trouble had they, had they finished a bit better. And against the, the All Blacks, I mean, obviously, they are a side that can finish like no other side in the world. So I'm just not sure we'll be able to rely on filtering on and, and, and the breakdown alone. There's going to have to be some sort of improvement. And to my mind, while Spain was great off the tee, and obviously those drop mm-hmm. goals were, were formidable in terms of where we were going uh, with the results, but you know we lost that possession battle 60-40, and I think against the All Blacks, Dan without doubt going to have to improve his out of hand kicking. Otherwise, you know, it
1: could be up against it. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, because our, our tactical kicking hasn't been good. E- even with staying in uh, this past weekend, we, we uh, first of all, the kicking hasn't been good, but our, our chasers haven't been good either. And if you if you just boot the ball back at New Zealand and you give them space, they are going to run it back at you, and they are going to make lots and lots of metres. That is a real danger on Saturday. We really need to improve that.
0: Yeah, completely and utterly. So, you know, we're having a look at it, a couple of stats in the build-up to the test, and trying to find some, some sort of chinks in the armor. <laughs> there are a few and far between one of them is is, is bird and bad kicking the other one is that the guys out wide actually make handing errors Dag and Sevilla are second and third in terms of handing errors and uh, yeah, I think he's spot on in terms of our kicking game and they're one of the cliches in rugby is you find grass instead of the man and against the All Blacks it's particularly important I think you've stayed you know you get criticized for being in a pocket a little bit too much unless all the attack happens behind the game line and you know that is a concern. But if you are going to kick, rather take it deep like he does, but then you simply have to find grass. And I think if you start turning big guys lots like of there and I think they'll probably play in the hollow this weekend, you've got them turned, and if you put in a proper kick chase, for me, that's actually the only way to beat this all-black side. Um, so get that wrong, and I think we'll struggle. Get it right,
1: and I think we have in the game. Mm. Let's talk about scrum half for a moment, if we can, as well. Rudy Page obviously brought in this past weekend, and and while he was on the field, let's be honest, he had a pretty good game. He he was quick to the breakdown. He he cleared the rucks really well and got the ball out to to his backline. Obviously, he suffered a concussion. Uh, Pit sale Sales being roped back in, but that leaves Alistair Kutzier with a bit of a dilemma. He's dropped the Clat from the match day 23 this past weekend, obviously because he wasn't happy with his performance. What does he do? Does he bring him back in or does he does he put pit von sale in and and almost this baptism by fire up against the all blacks w- which way do you think he's going to go
0: yeah I, I, there's no ways you can do that i mean van sale just hasn't been in the mix. uh if it was nick green would at least be like in the mix a little bit that, that might have been an option i, I think his two options are a whole heart coming across from from wing to uh, uh to off or soft book it's come off and yeah for me it's an obvious choice i mean soft just a few weeks ago, he was lighting up Super Rugby, and he was a leading light in a very confused Springbok side. And you know, I think he, the baby went out with the bathwater. Uh, to my mind, yeah, he's is just not an international class fly-off. I know, I know I'm in the minority and I'll probably get shocked. But um, I, just, yeah, I think it's there for all to see that he isn't a, a, an international class laugh yet. And I think, you know, for Fuff to go out with him, it's almost as seen as a pairing. Whereas, you know, I think fast with morning with a sort of calming influence outside him, you know, we might see him return to... And he was unbelievably excellent for the Lions. And in those first couple of box games where they really struggled, you know, he gets to the ruck, he gets the pass away, and I just thought sort of, he sort of meandered into that two-step pass, which put Elton under pressure and the box under pressure. So if you can just sharpen up on that, on, on, the, on not taking those two steps uh, and get the ball to more quickly... Uh, I think they might make a good combination. and For me, that's the way that Alistair has to go. Once you start messing with doing, from the wing, I think it messes with uh, morale, with individual psych, and that's where it starts going badly wrong.
1: Mm. Tank, I know you're a massive fan of South African rugby. You're a huge fan of the box as well, like I am. Which way do you see this going? My, my heart says yes, but my head is screaming a lot louder than my heart. I, I'm not confident this weekend. I'd love to beat the All Blacks, but I just can't see it happening. How do you see it going?
4: I'm afraid I'm
0: in that same ship. Uh, You're rowing left and I'm rowing right. Um, (laughs) I I think it'll be close. I think the box will probably be in it for about 50, 55 minutes. But that third gear or fourth gear or fifth gear that the All Blacks need whenever they're up against it is just unbelievable, be it conditioning, be it the way they play. And I have a feeling that they'll find whatever gear they need to to beat the box on Saturday
1: yeah I think we're in for another wonderful display they're playing incredible rugby i love watching them play I hate losing to them but see, it's it's something special to see an all black uh, team in in full flight isn't it
0: sure but it, yeah you know, it's just wonderful it's just fantastic to watch you know yeah you know, the first half against Argentina on the weekend it was it was just unbelievable the the they are' scoring from kickoffs and the for me, you have those big guys passing in the trams. You have tight forwards that can make short little passes in the trams. Then putting a big guy like Sevilla away is just... They've got a complete game, which, which we're all trying to catch up with. Yeah, um,
1: absolutely. And,
0: yeah, in full flight. That's just great to watch.
1: Tank Lanning. as always, great to catch up. If you want to read more about Tank and some of his musings, frontrowgrunt.co.za is the website to get to Tank. Once again, thank you so much for your time and uh, enjoy the game this weekend. Hopefully, we both wrong and let's uh, let's keep everything crossed and fingers uh, held and thumbs in the works for a, for a bock win. But uh, yeah, I'm not not too hopeful. Don't bet the house on it. <laughs>
0: yeah, yes, I think will be betting. And always a pleasure to chat <laughs>
2: You're listening to Sport on SAFM, the next best thing to being at
1: the game. And that's it for SAFM Sport Trap tonight. The talk shop up next. Thank you very much to my producer Siobhan Tetti for uh, putting the show together this evening. Don't forget to follow us on social media. to search for SAFM Radio and uh, download the podcast on your favourite podcatcher as well. Uh, it'll be brought. It'll be published uh, very very soon. So until tomorrow, for myself, Brad Brown. Have yourself a great evening. Right now, it is seven o'clock in time for your news.